He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Yeah, listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tashery and Mike DiStefano with you. The Leafs have the Islanders tonight at home, and we have former NHLer, recently retired uh, Stanley Cup champion Devonte Smith Pelly with us in studio for the next half an hour or so. First of all, how's it going? Um, it's good. It's good. I've uh, I'm getting a little bored. I've been relaxing a little bit since uh, <laughs> yeah. retirement, but um, no, it's it's good. It was. Uh, a weight off my chest, and it was uh, it was good to finally get it done. Nice. So, what have you been up to the past couple of weeks since you made the news official? No, not much. Uh, just relax. <laughs> Honestly, just relaxing. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, throughout that whole time, I was preparing as if I was going to play. So, getting a chance to not put my skates on every day and just just chill out it was it was good. Yeah. What, well, what was the decision like ultimately that that led to you deciding to retire? Um, I'd been thinking about it for a while. Um, obviously not being signed, not being anywhere and weighing my options. I thought, you know, I'm young, I'm healthy and why not just, uh, get jump started on, you know, post hockey life. So, um, I'm okay with the decision. Like I said, I'd been thinking about it for a while and I'm good with it. Well, we thought that you'd be one of like probably the perfect guy to have in today of all days because you played under Bruce Boudreau. You've been through coaching changes. You played in the Bell Center. You played in a, a, a Leafs Hab Saturday night. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, honestly... You're the, checking all the boxes. Check yeah. all the boxes when it comes to experience. Mm-hmm. So, where do we want to start with? Why don't we start with, with what's going on with Bruce Boudreau? Because that's probably the biggest situation uh, that's going on right now. I mean... How difficult, just as somebody who was in hockey for a long time, to see how that whole situation unfolded, and, and someone who knows Bruce, you know, just kind of how hard that was for you to kind of watch unfold. Um, just by knowing Bruce, for me, it was just kind of sad to see. Um, he's a great, great man. I, I loved playing for him. He he helped me a lot. I think ninety nine percent of the guys who played for him um, feel the same way. So I I don't want to say it was disrespectful because you know rumors and those things are kind of what you sign up for but um it was kind of unprofessional and i i didn't really like how um you know that went down i i feel for bruce yeah especially with a guy that beloved like what do you think the guys in the room are thinking right now they haven't been overly shy to say they haven't loved how this is all played out um like i said i i when i played for him everyone loved him so to yeah. see you know coaching changes happen and but to hear, you know, guys were crying and, yeah, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like MJ was just, we had Mike Johnson on yeah. earlier in the show, and he was saying how, I've used the word unprecedented already, but I'll go back to it, <laughs> how crazy it is. Like, it's a professional sport, yeah. coaching changes happen, guys get fired, but to have guys emotional yeah. about the coach yeah. being fired is pretty rare. Yeah, so that just kind of shows how people felt about him and feel about him. So I would say it's tough for the players, and like I said, I, I had never seen guys cry over trades or, you know, coaching changes, so... um you know, they obviously felt strongly about him. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit as to what happens when a coaching change occurs? Like, we always hear about a new coach bump and, and whatnot, but, like, behind the scenes, what, what exactly goes down? How do players familiarize themselves with a new coach, or how does a coach familiarize themselves with players, implement their new systems? Yeah. How does that whole transaction process go down? Um, so, in my experience, you know, we, we just met. It actually was Bruce who... Um, 
ended coming up, in this was time, coming right? in. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, we just met with him. Um, he just told everyone it's a clean slate. Obviously, you know, the top guys are the top guys, and and that's clear. But for bottom six guys, guys in and out of the lineup, you know, it's a clean slate. And if you didn't like how you were deployed before, um, now's your chance to. You know, whatever happened before, prior to that coach, is now is your chance to show. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just fresh start for everybody, which usually results in a, in a bump for a lot of people. What do you remember about uh, the bump that he specifically gave when he came into the room in Anaheim? Um, yeah, our coach prior was uh, the total opposite of him, attitude-wise. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he was cheery and love to talk to the guys and you know in constant communication um so for me i was 19 at the time and um trying to find my way and was walking on eggshells beforehand so when he came in and you know the coach calls me into the office i was like uh what did i do and he just wants to check up and talk and um know how i'm doing it how my personal life is that it just makes you more comfortable and it, when you can play with you know loose um it's it's a lot easier than you know worrying about uh what the coach thinks and you know how he's going to react to every single thing you do yeah that's a pretty transformative age to, to have a coach at 19 who makes you feel really comfortable what kind of impact would you say he had on on your career no he he helped me a lot i mean he you know beforehand i wasn't playing too much um and you know he gave me a chance to play with ryan getzlaff and cory perry and um Bobby Ryan and, and those, yeah, those are good players. <laughs> and at 19, um, you know, I, I I was pretty confident just because I had been there. But um, you know, the other coach didn't think that was even close to a possibility. So just giving me the 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 bump uh, confidence wise helped a lot. And um, you know, I I loved playing under under Bruce. In conversation with Devontae Smith Pelly in studio with us, former NHLer, uh, former Stanley Cup champion, and played under Bruce Boudreau uh, for a few seasons. Um, look, you know, Bruce Boudreau, when we look at him, seems just such a lovable character. I think that's maybe a good way to describe him. As someone who, you know, knew him, worked with him, got to know him, like, what, what's your favorite Bruce Boudreau interaction? What's your favorite Brucey story? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. He- I don't know. He's just he's just cheery and you know goofy, and I mean that in a great way. Like yeah. he, he's just lovable I just, character. Yeah, lovable like, character. I just loved being around him. Honestly, he he just made coming to the rink more enjoyable, um, which helps my personal performance and help, I think helps everyone else. So. I don't know. I, I, I loved Bruce, honestly. Yeah. So you mentioned two different styles when, when coaches changed in Anaheim that mm-hmm. year, and I'd imagine the Vancouver Canucks are about to have almost the opposite effect. Yeah. Rick Talking comes on our show, and he's such a nice guy, but I'm like wildly intimidated by him. <laughs> so when he gives me a good question or something like that, I'm like, okay, nice. I, that's a win. So what is, based on everything that's going on, you know the guys in the room are feeling weird, you know the market feels weird. How does Rick Talkett go in there and make a good impression the situation's not his fault but he he has been handed a pretty awkward scenario um did you purposely yeah. veer from the word peculiar i felt like you want i was to say, not going to use that word that is your is word that today. the word of the day yes I've, it is I've used if you can mix it in it's it. bonus points that's true <laughs> I, at some point try. try mixing the word peculiar i'll try i'll try um no i think all he can do is just go in and be himself i mean like you said it's not his fault that that happened and um i don't know him personally but um, all he can do is go in and be
be himself and try and get the team to where they need to go. Um, you know, what happened prior, like I said, it's a, it's a clean slate for everyone, and that's including him because he's new as well. So um, that's all he can do is go in and try and do his job and try and do it to the best of his ability. Devontae Smith-Pelly in with us today and, uh, you know, played for the Montreal Canadiens, who was taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't know, for whatever reason, the Leafs just can't seem to get a win when they're at the Bell Center. But uh, have you experienced the the Saturday night Leafs-Habs at the Bell Center? And, I mean, is there any building that rocks like that in that matchup that you've been a part of in your career? Um, no, there's, there's nothing like... Uh... You know, a Saturday night at Bell Center, a playoff game at Bell Center. Um, it's, uh, you know, that that Saturday, the last Saturday night game, it was easy for you know fans to maybe shut it down. You know, Cole Caulfield is done for the year. They could easily just, you know, just ride out the rest of the season. But no, they always show up. They're super passionate, and and um, it's almost impossible for for the home team to have a bad game in that particular night for sure. Yeah, you have any specific memories from that building? Um, I, I scored a playoff goal in that building. Um, it's not a bad one to have either. Yeah, right? so that like that specific pop when it first went in um, is like ingrained in my brain. So uh, playing playoffs there, there, there's nothing, there's nothing really like it. Who was that with that you got a goal with? Uh, I scored with Montreal um, against Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the years right so, now. Yeah. Okay, I see there. it. Yeah. Nice. So there, nice. there, that specific pop. Right when I went in, um, still, still, I could feel it. Yeah. Okay. I actually wanted to ask you a little bit about your time with Washington. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you subscribe to this theory, and I don't know if anyone listening right now subscribes to this theory. But there's been comparisons drawn between the Toronto Maple Leafs and their inability to get over the hump in the first round, and the way that Washington was poised to win for so many years. Ovi was facing criticism at that point because he had yet to win uh, a Stanley Cup, obviously, and Sidney Crosby had already gotten a couple. Do you see any, as someone who was in the room for that Stanley Cup win, do you buy into the fact that there might be some parallels there? Yeah, I I think the similarities are they're there. you know, I feel like with any team that wins, um, you know, those heartbreaking losses and those, um, you know, it not working out beforehand, that, that happens. So it's not any different from, you know, Colorado had heartbreaking losses and yeah. um, Tampa for years where it's going deep and having um, heartbreaking losses. So I don't think, it, I think you can obviously compare it to, to Washington, but any team that eventually wins it, they have, uh, you know, those missteps and, whether it's the first round or or past that first round, yeah, that's the, that's probably the big asterisk <laughs> that makes a little yeah, difference. That's what goes down here. But what was the thing that ultimately was different that year that you won? It's it's hard for me to speak on the years before um, because I wasn't there. Yeah. But you know, when we went down two nothing against Columbus, um, Ov and the media said that we were winning the next two games. I don't know if he did that prior and and. <laughs> Getting off the plane and going into Columbus and those games, I don't know. We 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 knew a hundred percent we were winning those next two games and um, and then even you know when we beat Pittsburgh, like I said, I wasn't there beforehand for all the other ones, but you know there's video of the celebration in the locker room. You could tell that 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 yeah. was the hump that needed to to get over to you know move on and 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 finally uh, seal the deal. So. Um, it was a good run. It yeah. Good run. <laughs> so when you look at this Leafs team, then 
you can kind of point to mindset maybe in that in that Washington TSN turning point as mindset like we're not going to lose. When, when you look at this Leafs team, what's it going to take for them to get over the hump? Um, I don't. I think I'm it's, asking you like a multi-billion-dollar question. Yeah, right that yeah. people have I, I been trying to answer, yeah. so don't stress it. It's yeah, not I, easy to rip off. I think it's easy to say. You know, you can just get a six-seven D-man to smoke everyone every time that but I, I think if you look back I don't have the stats in front of me but you know all those games in the series before like they score one extra goal on the power play or something like that it's they win the series so that, that that's what I like that's the thing there's been a lot of bad luck that's yeah. been on the Leafs end I mean last year in the playoffs right yeah. if if that if Justin Hall's pick doesn't get called I mean the Leafs are up in that game maybe they win that game Right, a, a, a bad bounce in overtime. It's a penalty, but <laughs> it was okay. It was a penalty. <laughs> depends on the night. Depends but, on the night. That's right. It does depend on the night. Like how how frustrating is that as a player? Just like some of the inconsistencies in the rule book, and then when something like that does occur, and it's like, well, that didn't get called last time, or you're calling this here, but you didn't call this one. Um, it's gonna be yeah, incredibly frustrating. That specific play. I mean, that happens a lot. That pick play. Yeah. It just has to be like less obvious. Like, yeah, it, I felt like it was pretty obvious what was right. happening. I mean, like I said, that play happens so much, but you know, if you're just staring the guy in the eyes and running into him, <laughs> it's, it's going to get called. You know, if you if you spin around and turn and make it look like you're not trying to hit him, right? It, it's stuff like that doesn't get called. But what well, about the phantom sti- high sticking calls? Th- that is bad luck, I guess. Yeah. Right. So it, it, yeah. But I, I think if they just score a power play goal in those games that they're up three two, then exactly. this That's isn't even idea. a thing I'd anymore. I'd love if they did that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's um, they need to kill guys in front of the net, no. or they need a superpower for it to fight everyone. I think if they just get it done on the power play in those games, specific games, then we're having different conversations. Yeah, I think sometimes you just need a little bit of luck. And the Leafs have had, they've been on the wrong side of it for a long time. I mean, you go and you look at those games against Montreal, like, that was one or two less giveaways in that series. They're going on. They're yeah. going to the first round, and maybe they're the team in the Stanley Cup final taking on Tampa Bay, right? Like, you never know what's going to Last year, again, like I said, there's a couple of bad breaks that they had. They could have been through to the first round. I mean, Columbus, you, you could have won that game against Columbus. Like, there's a lot of situations. Like, when you look at this Toronto team and the way that they perform and when they play when they're at their best, they're one of the top three teams in hockey. Like, I don't think that's much. I think everybody yeah. can look at that. But the problem with Toronto is that the, the path is so difficult. It's so difficult to have to go through Boston and Tampa, and then probably Carolina or a New York or a Washington or a Pittsburgh, whoever yeah. is on the other end. Like the path is just so hard for this team. That's everyone's path, though, because the team has to play them too. They're pretty, they're a good team, so it's like I don't know that excuse excuse like you know Tampa has to play the Leafs. Like yeah. the Leafs are pretty good, so their yeah. their route is the same. So I don't really that excuse like. I don't really, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, and that's probably the mentality that the Leafs have to have, right? Yeah. Do you think that there's a part of them that it's like just a mental hurdle that this keeps happening in the first round every year? I mean, yeah, at the same time, you you kind of just have to let it go and move on. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, you're going to play Tampa. You know what happened last year. Like I said, you know, one extra power play goal, one less bounce, you win the series, so... 
every year is different. I mean, the mental hurdle, I don't know. They, they, I think they know they're good enough to do it. It's just the fact of getting it done. Yeah. Okay, so you get kind of, you got an outside perspective on, on the NHL this year. Who's mm-hmm. really dangerous to you in terms of winning a Stanley Cup? I mean, I think the obvious teams... Tampa, yeah. the Leafs, and Boston, and yeah. those are the obvious. Where are you at with Colorado choices. this year and all their mess and injury? Um, no, I I think if uh, you're a team that ends up at the top of the West and you play them in the first round, you're probably pretty Waste upset about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're probably pretty upset about it. I mean, it it happens with a long run like that. A long hard run, guys are going to be hurt. Guys are going to be tired the next year. But I, I still wouldn't want to play them in the first round regardless of where they end so you know those are the four teams that i think have the best chance and it sucks that the leafs have to go through two of them yeah right at the start but so i'm i'm looking at uh, i'm looking at Ovi and what he's been able to do this year you had a chance to play with him for a couple of seasons in washington mm-hmm. what was something when you got there you, you, you watched him do and you just said okay that's why he's one of the best to ever do it um just he he works at his craft. I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, you hear all the stuff that is said about him before, well beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this, he's that, he's lazy, he's whatever. But I go in, I went in there, and he works at his game. He takes a thousand one timers a game uh, a practice. Um, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys during that practice. You know, he's in the gym. He's taking care of himself you know on the on the massage table and stuff like that like nice. he's uh he really 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 cares um so I, i'm i'm happy for him i'm i'm happy that he's you know he's staying healthy and still still doing it does he get there does he pass oh yeah yeah Wayne? easily easily yeah like he's not retiring till he does it i think no, it's no, just the way he, that he's too go. close at this point yeah. and you kind of see it whenever he gets close to a milestone. He's two goals away, and then he just scores a hat trick that night. Like when he, once thing. he starts getting close, it's just it, he's too close. His game hasn't really dropped off either. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like he's thirty-seven years old right now. He yeah. was thirty-six last year and scored fifty. Yeah, fifty goals at thirty-seven. Is he clipping old. to do it again? He's got thirty and forty-eight. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's, he's probably right there, yeah. on pace for roughly a fi- another fifty-goal season. Yeah. At 37 years old. Like, I think just the longevity and the consistency about this guy is, like, I don't know if we'll ever see something like this again. Like, as, no. as great as Austin Ma- I mean, maybe Austin Matthews could do this, but it's hard to fathom that type yeah. of consistency for so long, yeah. the longevity. And with how hard he plays. Like, he, he probably first, second, third, fourth in hits during that time. Like, he plays hard. Like, you know, Austin Matthews. 3,000 hits in his career. Yeah. I mean, I think Austin Matthews plays more physical than people give him credit for, but yeah. it, it's it's not like that. No, no, he's he's you know I I think Austin Matthews, your, to your point, does play a little bit more physical, but it's more of I don't know a modern game. Like the game has just changed a lot. Like right? like yeah. like back when Ovi first broke into the league, he was two hundred twenty hits, two hundred forty three hits. Blows two, guys like up. the guys getting mm-hmm. over two hundred hits a game and or two over hits a, a season, and now he's gone. What four, five, five of his last six seasons held under two hundred. Yeah. I think that just speaks to yeah. just the game changing. Yeah, for sure. Um, even when I like, I'm not old per se, but even when I started playing, it was, you know, there'd be games where it almost felt like there's no puck out there. You just everything is yeah. everybody's just <laughs> running around hitting everybody. So, yeah, the game has definitely changed and. But like I said, even with that, I feel like he does throw his weight around Austin. Austin does um, more than people probably think he does. 
Do you think that more this season than than any other year? Like, there's talk, and uh, I guess he's heated up as of mm-hmm. recently, and he's back kind of clipping the way that people are used to. But have you noticed a change in his game at all this year, whether it's more physical or, or just people have circled his defensive uh, game improving? Yeah, I think it's, he's just more mature. Like, he, he's just growing up, and he's seen it all now at this point. Um, I think he's always been decently defensively. Like, I, I think, you know, a lot of people... You know, there's all, you got to pick on something, so that's yeah. what you would say. But I always felt like he was hard to play against in his zone, and he's strong. And I felt he always used his body. I think I don't know if he's changed that much. I just think he's older and more mature, and um, can do it more consistently now. Yeah. Well, what about this core in general? Like, how much do you think them maturing will maybe factor in? Like, have you seen a maturation in him and William Nylander and, and Mitch Marner? Like, they came to the league. They made the playoffs in kind of their first year as a squad, and they were up against Washington, yeah. actually, and, and now they're kind of in the same spot. But have you seen them mature, and do, do groups need to go through that sort of thing in, in order to eventually win? Um, Maybe not to this extent. Like, winning a round would have been cool somewhere yeah. along the way, but, I mean, just going through losing. Yeah, you, you you need to go through that. I don't Like, you can't just run through the playoffs. Even the best teams of our, you know, generation they lost the the Chicago's, the LA's. They lost before that. Yeah. Um, on those deep runs, so yeah. You know, how how are you gonna know? You know how to deal with adversity. You know, in the second, third round, if you've never done it before and stuff right. like that. So, um, I think it's normal. Like, you know, when when we won in Washington, Ovi was what thirty two, thirty. Three. I mean, these guys are ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, do you think it's maybe louder just because of where we are sitting right now in TSN Studios of course, hosting yeah, a show of called course that, that doesn't yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help. But are you blaming us? Are you blaming us here? <laughs> I'm inferencing. Like, I, we've only hosted the show for two years, so it can't be all us, right? Yeah, no. The, the, I honestly think they'll be fine. Like, obviously, it's Toronto, so you, you got to talk about it. But like I said, one extra power play goal in a game that they're up three two. Yeah. And we're talking about something else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you taking the time to to stop in and and have a chat with us today. Hopefully we can chat again uh, down the road. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. There he is. Devontae Smith-Pelly, former uh, NHLer, Stanley Cup champion. So he knows what it takes to win. I think, uh, what, seven, eight goals on uh, en route to a Stanley Cup championship? Something like that. Oh, yeah. Something like that. It says modestly, eight goals en route to winning a Stanley Cup. What was the most memorable goal of uh of i guess that entire run for you uh the tying goal in in vegas was yeah. uh that was that was the one right there yeah um it looked cool and obviously it was an is an important important goal so very important that, goal. <laughs> that that's the one that stands out to me for sure absolutely uh Devante, really appreciate you taking the time uh all right on the other side what's in the group chat we'll bring up some of the storylines that we were all talking about throughout the weekend i'm mike DeStefano with julia to sherry listen to leafs lunch here on tsn 1050 now back to leafs lunch on tsn 1050 the Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Welcome back. Leafs Lunch, Julie Tashiri, Mike DeStefano with you. The Leafs coming off an overtime loss on Saturday to the Montreal Canadiens. But tonight, AB have a chance at redemption at home. The first of five home games in a row before the All-Star break. 
Interestingly enough, Ilya Samsonov will get his fourth straight appearance, third straight start. We haven't seen Sheldon Keefe really opt to roll with one guy yet, so that's of interest and also of interest. TJ Brody on the ice today uh, before morning skate, just getting some reps in with the conditioning staff. Sheldon Keefe has said that he's going to be need to be rather really good in order for us to see him before the All-Star game. So not going to rush old TJ back into action, but especially with uh, how well all the plug-and-play guys on D have been lately. They just keep, guys keep going down, and another one keeps coming in, and that's been yeah. kind of a theme of the season so far. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a chance for for them to just get a look at some other guys, right? Like, it's, it's a chance for them to get a look at Lilligren in, a, in an elevated spot. Yeah. He's, he's checked off the boxes so far. I thought he's played incredibly well. It's a chance to get Connor Timmins some more games in a chance to you know shake the dust off for Jordy Ben so you know I guess it's not they're not in dire need right now no. so they, they they've afforded themselves to not rush him um, and I mean we've seen what you know a couple of games off could do for somebody a oh of I thought you were gonna TJ say Brody. what could happen when you rush people because with Josh Norris coming back from a shoulder injury now that's, he needs to, uh, that's an yeah. opposite side to the whole thing Cole Caulfield what, like two or three games he was back and then yeah and then he had to shut it down shoulder. and he's gonna have he's gonna have surgery in the same situation it sounds like with Cole Caulfield who was yeah. playing through a, a shoulder injury and now is shut down for the year and has to have surgery we were going in different directions there, but same sort of energy. Yeah, I was trying to say positive. Yeah, I'm sorry. So. I ruined Positive Monday. <laughs> I ruined it. That's okay. Well, with that, why don't, we, uh, why don't we get into what's in the group chat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Check this out. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? When it goes down. Are you texting? Oh, yeah. It goes down in the group chat. We have these big group texts. It's very late and my friend is a little unstable. We're talking action and overreaction. We sent 97 unanswered texts in a five-minute span. Leafs Lunch presents... My phone vibrated itself off the desk. What's in the group chat? This group is hotter than hot. An impromptu one. Okay. The NHL just put out their three stars of the week. Kieskasay. Zachary Hyman, first uh, star of the week. That's going to be in a lot of Leaf group chats. Yeah. The Leafs, the one that got away? Zach Hyman. He's the one of the one ones that got, that got away. away. Who's the one that got away more in your heart? Zach Hyman or Nazem Kadri? Ooh. Ooh. That is a great question. Who do you miss more? Who keeps you up at night? <laughs> Man, I don't even know how to answer that. Oh, boy, that's a good one. Okay. We got to toss that up on as a Twitter Yeah, that's maybe so throw that out there. Text us your thoughts on that at 105050 or, or tweet us your thoughts. Who gonna, keeps you up at night more, Nazem Kadri or Zachary Hyman? I think Kadri because they've replaced Hyman's offense, at least with Michael Bunting. Yeah. I don't think they've really ever replaced what Kadri can do. Yeah. So I think I think that's... Yeah, I think I think Nazem Kadri would be the answer there. I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you, though. Hilariously, like, why does that guy at 56 points on the year? What's the four one one with that? He's having a terrific season. I know, season. I know. It's, it's really year. impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kadri's at 36 with the Flames team. That's kind of in a weird spot. They've won six in a row. The that, Flames? that Edmonton team, yeah. Like they. they oh, sorry. Yeah. Or sorry, the, the Oilers. The Oilers. Jack Campbell kind of. Jack Campbell's having Doing a nice little resurgence. Yeah. They got Stu Campbell, uh, or Stu Campbell, Stu Skinner out there. Gets the all-star nod, then gets a W against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. I mean, McDavid's doing McDavid things. He scored a goal the other night against Vancouver. Oh, oh I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like, yeah, all right, classic. 
He's just going to score a billion. I think he's up to 40. Is he up to 40 goals now? Uh, like 40 and 48 or something like that? It's it's unbelievable what, uh, what this guy's doing this year. He's... he's I mean, it's crazy. All right, uh, let's. Well, why don't we stick in the theme of uh, Alberta? Yep. Because Yee. Johnny Hockey is going back to Alberta today with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Is there going to be booing tonight? Like, yes. I, I think that's that's one of the games. Like, obviously, you got Leafs and, and Islanders, but one of the games, the late night game that we'll be keeping an eye on, will be Jackets and Flames to see what type of reception that Johnny Goudreau gets. Okay, hilarious. Tweet from our TSN uh, Calgary Bureau reporter, Slim Valji. He Ooh. tweeted out a video of Morning Skate, uh, Blue Jackets, Morning Skate particularly, where players, his teammates on the Blue Jackets, Johnny Hockey's, are, are booing him every time he touches the puck <laughs> in order to prepare him for tonight. <laughs> Those are hilarious. good blue-collar hockey fans in Calgary that love their team and understand the game, and they will... Johnny Goudreau will face their wrath. Yeah, well, because he just... he up and left them for less I money. I don't blame them. Less money. Yeah. It made no sense. The whole thing, for the literally worst team in the National Hockey League. They yeah. are the worst. It, what do you mean you don't blame him? They're terrible. I blame him. Daryl Sutter this morning, uh, a guy that's not known to to let anyone oh, in on his thoughts. Flames fans. Gotcha. Sorry, yeah. yeah but Daryl okay. Sutter said something like, I was disappointed to see Johnny go. And that's about as much of a compliment as you're going to get out of that guy. Just ask Jacob Pelche about it over oh, the weekend. We'll play that in a moment. But uh, I'm Team Daryl Sutter, by the way. Like, you know I defend so that man I. blindly. That one was a little bit weird, though, definitely. Do you want to, do you want to play that? Because that actually did oh, we got some group chats. Yeah. It, so it, why, it, why don't we add this audio as a piece of piece of the group chat here. This was, so Jacob Pelletier made his first, I mean, his NHL debut. He was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. You might remember him from uh, from Team Canada at the World Junior Championships a couple of years back. And this is what good old Daryl Sutter had to say on Jacob Pelletier when asked about his debut. think of Pelletier's debut? Uh, what's that? What did you think of Jacob's first few shifts in the NHL? Uh, Jacob Pelletier. What number is he? 49. 49. Six minutes, 35 seconds, 13 shifts, average 30 seconds a shift, got 43 seconds in the power play, played five minutes, 52 seconds, had one shot, goal, and one hit. Beyond the stats. What did you learn just from being on the bench and seeing what the veterans on the team are doing? It's the NHL, 21 years old, got a long ways to go. Yeah, so he's, I don't know, he was probably, in, people online were fired up about this, though. Like, people were pissed about this. They didn't think that it Why? was cool. Why? was hilarious. I know. I just thought it was dry. I'm not saying, I wasn't overly fired up, but I can see how it's not too cool. But our pal, Julian McKenzie, um, has since tweeted kind of a follow-up on this situation. Someone out in Quebec wrote a story about it interviewed Jacob uh, Probably because the hometown. Or yeah, something. so yeah. somebody spoke to him and Julian tweeted uh, that Jacob Pelche says that Daryl Sutter told him he played a good good game after the game. So that was that was purely for the media, which he was clearly not in the mood for that day. I can understand how people would think that's disheartening for a player to hear, but I think as long as the discourse in the room is good, like as long as he's complimentary in the room, as long as he's supporting him in the room, yeah. I, it's not really Daryl Sutter's job to have to like fawn over him in the media. No, and the guy is that played, mean of me to say? He played Am I a boomer? Six minutes. Played six minutes. What's he supposed to say? Yeah. So like, and then to oh, like, what the can he learn from? All star in the making. Like Daryl like, Sutter what? just isn't gonna. 
he's not going to acknowledge your fluff. He's not going to appease your no. fluff. Like, I, I understood the question. Like, what can he learn from being on an NHL bench at 21 years old? But, like, he clearly wasn't in the mood to give the fluff answer. Oh, he's, he can learn how to be a good pro. These guys are good pro. Like, there's lots you can learn. You just got to be a sponge. He could have given that answer, and he clearly just wasn't in the mood to that day, is, I, is my take on it. My favorite part is the fact that you literally could hear him. Pick up the paper. Pick up the paper. Put on his cheaters read and read his stat, stat line. line. That the, was it. The, the pushing the glasses up the nose part of the video, which of course sadly you can't see because we're on the radio, that's the is thing, the like, cherry on top. But that's a performance that he's doing purposely. Yes, he like, is. He looks at that and he's like, I don't care to entertain your question, so I'm actually going to... It's like, He's... He's one of the funniest humans, and it's yeah. dry humor. Yeah. That is dry humor. If you didn't laugh at that, if you didn't understand it and get it, you might not understand dry humor, because that's what that was. That was an attempt at somewhat of a joke, I think, by uh, by Daryl Sutter. He was being subtly funny. Yeah. And that's what Daryl's all and, about. And you know what? Any attention, like the Flames are kind of in a weird spot this year with, with being so highly touted over the summer and making all those moves and, and them not immediately coming to fruition, like... Any attention that he can maybe take off that and direct towards himself, I think that he's doing. I think it's calculated. Yeah. All right. Another thing that was dominating some group chats, the way that Austin Matthews has played coming off of that little two-game... Oh, boy. Little... What do you want to call it? A vacation? No. From game time? He was banged up. Yeah. And he took a couple games off. Right. But since then, he's played great. He looks more like the Austin Matthews of, of, of last year. That being said, there's been a lot of discourse and conversation about how if that was load management, which some people believe it was a form of it at the very least, um, should the least consider doing this a little bit more often with, with more guys? Like if, if getting a couple of extra days off really does rejuvenate you, I mean, this could this could be beneficial for, for any team, not just the Maple Leafs, but like yeah. any team look at that and be like, hmm. Maybe we should try that. I guess. I mean, this guy's it's been not shot like this out of a game. It's not an overly new concept, though, and I'm just like talking it about... It isn't hockey. I'm talking about the latter half of the year. The last five games of the season, four Aww, games of the but season. That's... I don't think that you're ever going to see Mark Giordano in the heat of the season. So even it, usually it's only like the last game, though. And I think that's how it'll remain, to be so, so honest with you. I don't see this catching fire in the NHL. I just don't think it's a hockey player mentality. Maybe, like... But if this, but if you are like sports science controls all nowadays, and if you're a general manager of a hockey team, and you look at what this has done, you say, is this team better off having a 100% Austin Matthews for nine out of ten games? Yeah. If he gets one night off, I'll counter and I don't know, like. I'll counter and say that I know hockey teams obviously are also going to take into account the the business and the money of things, and I can't imagine it would bode very well for people who pay three hundred dollars to get into the building yeah, and then their favorite player isn't playing. Yeah, but to your point, I mean, you can easily come up with something as to why that guy's not playing. Woke up with the sniffles. I'm sure you could. Little yeah. banged up. Been dealing with something. I just don't think it's very hockey. Stiffles. Like, I'm not saying it wouldn't be beneficial for a lot of guys. I just don't think it's very hockey. I don't see it catching well, on. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't baseball. It wasn't basketball. It wasn't football. Until it became it. Yeah. That, that's fine. I, you know how different. Like, those sports don't regard the Ironman streak the way hockey does. They don't, Like, playing yeah. every game, playing 82 games is a real accolade in hockey that guys take seriously. But I wonder if that's changing. It is. I think that it is. And if it is, then... But slowly. 
I think it's slowly changed. Like, I think that the Iron Man streak is going to become a little bit... I don't disagree. I think it is changing slowly, but I don't think that we're ever going to see full-blown load management in the NHL to the extent of... The NBA. I hope NBA that's NBA specifically. The like, the NBA is out that's of ridiculous. control. Yeah, agreed. Uh, baseball's, like, kind of more reasonable with it, but I don't think I see hockey even getting to that I think with baseball is, like, they have, like, scheduled off days because they literally play every... Exactly. Like, exactly. That's, that's a different story. For them, it's more in-game load management, like a pitcher... But again, that's more and analytics, maybe, even. But like, yeah. I, you know, football, uh, it, what they'll do. So, like, the Giants a couple weeks ago, they made the playoffs. Whether they win, lose, or draw, nothing's changing. So, they held those guys out, not necessarily as load management, but to make sure that their team was healthy going into the. Like, let's say they trotted out their quarterback and he ends up dislocating his ankle. Well, now you've lost your quarterback for the playoffs. Right. So, it was more of a preventative type of thing as opposed to this. So, even there, it's it's a little different. It's really only the NBA, I guess, that does it on a regular basis um, where it's more of a traditional load management. I mean, that's where the term came from with Kawhi Leonard, right, yeah. here, in, right here in Toronto. Is that the first time I ever heard it? Maybe it that's kind of that's where it became yeah, really, mainstream. Yeah, and then you started to see it popping around throughout the rest of the uh, the NBA, and now it's just run rampant. These guys just never want to play. Yeah, just, it's forever. different vibe too. Like the players run the league in the NBA way more yeah. than they do the NHL. Just like different dynamics at play. I think it'll become. I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting point of conversation for, for sure. I have a hard. I have a really hard time picturing most hockey players taking any night off when they don't have to. Yeah, I got one last one that Laid dominated on one of my group chats. Did you see the Jack Hughes goal? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, this guy is—he's up to thirty goals on the year. Yep. Thirty goals on the year. He's an all-star. He's an all-pro. He's a superstar in this league. And I think it was Arda Ocal at the beginning of the season. He wrote on ESPN.com, said, "My breakout performer this year is going to be Jack Hughes. Please, he's going to." Bolt himself into superstar category. Arta called it. Arta was correct because this man, he had a no-look goal the other day that just sent, like, against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. That honestly just, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was Patrick Mahomes-esque. Just no look, straight up looked as if he was going to pass it, looked the goalie off, and then shot it. And it was unbelievable. You yeah, it was perfect. It. it was gorgeous and sick, and you it was like all of the mind. things. It yeah. was, it was every every great adjective. Just stick it on that one. It was all great. of them put together. Jack Hughes. Yeah, gorgeous. Star, star, star. star. All right. Uh, on the other side, we will get to my puck picks. We'll get back in tonight's game: Leafs and Islanders down at Scotia Bank Arena. So that's coming up next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashery. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Buy vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. And AB, gosh, we get to go to school a lot this week with Professor Al's brother and his puck picks. They yeah. play tonight. They play Wednesday. They play Friday. They play Sunday. Friday game. No Saturday. No game. Saturday game. Like, what are we gonna do with ourselves? We might have to go out. Do something. Oh God, that's that's worst case scenario. <laughs> Entertain the downtown Toronto people. Me and you, Mingle. Toronto's oldest bar. We'll talk. We'll talk. But for now, 
Lay it on me. We'll see who's playing that night. I did. There are some bands that go down there. Okay. We'll have some discussions. Uh, but playing down at the Scotia Bank Arena tonight, it, the Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. I mean, the Maple Leafs very much as they should be favored to win this game tonight. Uh, there's a parlay, popular parlay that you can make tonight down on the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app for both Austin Matthews and William Nylander to both record one point tonight. Got to pay a little juice. It's minus 166, but those guys have been on fire. Yeah. Right? You got Matthews playing at such an elite level. I think those two both get hit the score sheet tonight with at least a point. So that's uh, paying minus 166. The Maple Leafs first to five shots on goal. This is one of my favorite bets to make, and you can only make it on FanDuel. And it's paying 178. I think they get the first five shots. You know, this is a leaky defensive team with the Islanders. They're giving up a lot of quality chances. So I think Toronto gets on them pretty early, and they're the first to five. And then Austin Matthews to record four-plus shots on goal tonight. So at least four shots in the game against the Islanders. You can place all those wagers right now over on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. You think, uh, I don't know, how do you feel about this game tonight? They they lost to this team at this building, same netminder in Sorokin in, in November, I believe. Yeah, but that, so uh, I remember that game, actually. I was down there, and Shalgren was starting in, in net for that one. And he had a brutal giveaway in the third period and allowed them to tie the game to bring it into overtime. It should never have got to overtime. The right. least dominated and Sorokin just bailed him out and played out of his mind. It's a, it's literally he's been doing that all season. He's an all-star. He's an all-star, 100%. Voted in. Should have been awarded it right off the hop, but we're not going to get into that can of worms right now. Too much beef it's with the all-star game. an unfortunate game. set of circumstances. It's no one's fault. Actually, it's Peculiar. your fault, Lou. It's quite literally your fault, Lou Lamorello, because you had the opportunity to send him, and you said, no, 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 no. We're going to send Brock Nelson. Okay. You do you, Lou. You. No, that's not their call, is it? Yeah, the the, the original thirty two, I believe. Oh my god! I believe gosh. I could be wrong, but You're I thought revealing I revealing something this major possible. major to me right now. I'm pretty sure that the original thirty two they were made together. So the NHL and the teams oh, together okay. decided. Okay, I thought it was just the, the NHL exclusively. Wow, you taught me something right there, AB. Oh, there you go, Professor Al's brother. Yeah, you didn't learn a thing. Not when just it comes the puck betting, picks, but obviously, <laughs> me, when you talk about betting, my face goes completely blank. I love it. <laughs> and then talk about the All Star Game, and you're like, oh, well, okay, I'm engaged. I'm learning. I'm learning. But uh, look, they're gonna have to pepper Sorokin tonight. Like he is honestly a premier goaltender in the NHL, top three goalie. If you ask me right now, uh, in the game today, all three probably happen to be uh, Russian goal. Tenders. Yeah. They seem to have a summit down there. Um, but they're going to have to find a way to beat him. He's been tough, but he's been beatable of late. Hasn't been terrific of late, right? Like this team, they, they don't score a whole lot. So yeah. if, they can get two, th- uh, if they can get three goals tonight, I think the Maple Leafs should be able to come out victorious. So that'll, that'll be the number for them. If they can get three goals, I believe that the Toronto Maple Leafs should be able to win this game. I believe that too. So I'll- maybe even under... Under Islanders, two and a half goals tonight could be another little little side play if you'd like. Yeah, they have a hard time with offense for Very sure. Very hard time with offense. Uh, we hadn't mentioned yet, but Dryden Hunt was put on waivers yesterday, so we are approaching two p.m. right now. So we should know how that shakes out fairly soon. I know you think yeah. he's gone. I, I just like he's played in nine games. He has one goal in those nine games, and some some team will pick him up just because he wore a Leaf jersey for nine games. I hope not, because I kind of liked what Dryden Hunt was bringing. It wasn't moving the needle any in any way, but no, he but dropped he the gloves. He had a different right? kind of vibe than than other guys who've been in that same spot. But 
I don't know, probably going to be gone today just because he's a leaf. Remember last year, Kyle Dubas alluded to the fact that they'd had something... There's like seven guys plucked off waivers? Yeah, Yeah. like significantly more than any other team over the past couple years. And then Travis Boyd became a first-line center in Arizona. Ta-da! There you go. Yeah. Um, not the best. Yeah, not 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 the best. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that information should be coming out uh, coming out shortly. Uh, Pontus Holmberg though ends up getting the call yes. back from uh, the American League. He will play tonight. Leafs and Islanders at seven o'clock. Uh, TSN 1050 has your easiest chance to win Leafs tickets all season long. Make sure you're following TSN 1050 on Instagram. Find our latest giveaway post, like it, and tell us who you bring to see the Leafs sends this Friday, January 27th. A winner will be announced. Tomorrow, right here on Leafs Lunch. So make sure that you return to chat with us tomorrow at noon. Uh, if you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Koss, next.